egotistical, so unpredictable Here on the SNL Network Yes, that is right. Hello, everybody, and welcome for the last time in season 47 to the SNL Network's Hot Take Show here for the Natasha Leone and Japanese Breakfast season finale. My name is John Schneider from the SNL Network, and thank you for staying up late with us to talk about this momentous occasion, this potentially era-ending evening for some of the longtime cast members of Saturday Night Live. We have plenty to discuss. For now, we are here to talk about the sketches and the moments of the night and give you our hot takes. So if you are here live with us in the chat, we want to see your comments throughout the night and we will bring those up on screen. We have some excellent panelists with us as well to talk about the show. Introducing Nicole Rovine. Nicole, how are you? I'm so good. So I was at the dress rehearsal tonight and then I came home and I watched the live and now I'm here and I was crying. It was it was just so good. And, and my heart feels so full. I'm just so excited to talk about everything. Yes, yes. I'm so excited to get to hear from you. And uh, it's really special that you're at the dress rehearsal tonight because there's a lot of things that happen in dress that we will let you know on the podcast tonight. So if you're here and you want to know the details right away, we got them for you on the Hot Take Show. So Nicole will fill you in on all of those. Joining us as well, it is the king, king compliments. TJ Randolph is here. TJ, how are you? I'm feeling blessed, black, and highly favored, John. I'm very glad to be here. Um, <laughs> oh my, yeah, I don't know. I just... What I almost cried. I didn't cry. I but I almost cried. So like, yeah, I should yeah. still get credit for emotions. I know, I know. Uh, lots of emotions tonight, especially for me also doing the, doing the last hot take show of the season. I'm emotional. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun to talk through everything and excited to hear your thoughts as well. And of course, joining us, he joined us on a ton of hot take shows this season. One of the best new podcasters we had with us on our second year covering Saturday Night Live. It is Anthony Conway. Anthony, how are you? I'm good, John. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. Yes, of course, my man. Great to hear from you, as always. Looking forward to getting your thoughts on the show tonight. But let's start by talking about tonight's season finale of Saturday Night Live. And obviously, Natasha Lyonne was, you know, the, the headliner. She was booked for this. This is a first-time host. And there's going to be a lot to talk about when it comes to her. But really, the hot takes and the headlines, the front page of the newspaper tomorrow is about the cast members that are departing us. So, of course, I would love to get, you know, the initial thoughts from the panel. And then we will go through the sketch. So, Nicole, over to you. What is your overall thoughts on the night? Maybe a hot take or a headline from the evening. My hot take, my headline is that Kate McKinnon got the praise that she deserves, that she that she got for years and years. And I think these last few years, she hasn't been getting it. And, and the way that she went out tonight just was so perfect. And it reminded everybody, like, we, we have not been talking about the Kate McKinnon era the way that we were three, four, five years ago. And I just think for her to have the cold open, she's the cold open queen. Usually it's a political impression. That's how we see her usually. Um, she also got her 75th live from New York tonight. And so the symbolism of that, like 1975, 75th, it's just really beautiful. And that's that's my thing. I mean, I, I love Natasha Leone. There's so much there I'm gonna talk about, but for me, my headline is Kate. Uh, and I, I I like that my headline is Kate. I love. I loved 80s Weekend Update correspondence. I'll get into that too. I loved Pete's Goodbye. But I think that Kate being the the opener, the biggest headline, that for me feels right. 
Interesting. And there was a cold open swap tonight for those who don't know. We're going to talk about that because the cold open that you saw with Kate McKinnon's goodbye was not originally intended to be the cold open. And that was switched between dress and air. So we'll get to that in just a moment. But TJ, over to you for your overall thoughts, hot takes and headlines for the night. I mean, there was a lot of really big moments for the show. This was a fantastic episode. But for me, the hot take is just the is just this. Nothing gives TJ Randolph more comfort than Natasha Leone holding a cigarette because <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just thought she was amazing. Like I, she just is a captivating person. And so, uh, that baseball sketch cracked me up, but, uh, I don't know. She's, she's just fantastic. There's yes, a sketch that, that you're going to be really upset to, to learn was cut. That was all about cigarettes, dude. I don't, okay, I don't so even smoke. I don't even, it's not me my neither. thing. But well, like, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll get into it, or maybe yeah. it'll pop up online. So we'll definitely talk about the cut stuff uh, later on in the hot take show. But Anthony, I'd like to get your overall thoughts on the evening. Obviously, you've been a big fan of Saturday Live for a very long time. So how do you feel about what you saw tonight from the show? Uh, you know, I'm still kind of processing it. Uh, it's wild. Four cast members leaving out in the same season is it's it's huge. And on top of it, you know, it's cast members that we didn't know if we were going to get back last season too. You know, so. Uh, it, it's it's a lot to process. Uh, love Kate McKinnon getting her moment at the very top of it. Um, Natasha Leone, uh, super New York, but really really solid as a host. Um, I have some thoughts that we'll get into when we talk about the episode as a whole. Um, before a finale, I thought that it was solid. Yeah, for sure. And let me say for my headline hot take, it's uh, I would like to give my p personal PSA to the listeners. And it's not about uh, stupid people being able to vote. But I would like to say to to all of our listeners, I think that there's been a general consensus of, of hey, this cast has stayed on too long. And, and maybe that is true. Maybe there are cast members who have stayed longer than the usual. But I think like now is the time when the cast members leave to be thankful for some of the great moments we've seen from them in the last, you know, several amount of years. I mean, it, look, we, we know how toxic social media can be sometimes and comedy can be super subjective. We at the podcast here always like to make comedy as objective as possible when we're discussing the numbers and the stats and all those things. So I totally get it. If not every single person on the cast is your flavor or for you. But, you know, these people put in so many years of hard work at SNL and clearly are some of, you know, the longest and most successful cast members in the history of the show. Let's celebrate them the best we can as we talk about their careers over the next few months and look ahead towards season 48. So that's really my PSA for you, the listeners, as we begin to talk about the show tonight. Okay. Can I ask a question about that? Of course, TJ. Yeah, wouldn't be a hot take show without you interrupting. <laughs> You finished your sentence. And I <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. My, my only question, I mean, that that's fair. That's, that, that's a fair assessment of my whole life. Um, my only question is, I, I want to do all that celebration, but can I do it at 98%? Can I just leave Baby Yoda out of that celebration? And then everything else, it's like, it's just like raving reviews. Just I just no want to know. If, okay. All right. Cool. I just wanted to. We can do if, that. Yeah, we could do that. Okay, for sure. uh, great, and great, yes, great. of course, it's ups and downs with everybody. But uh, tonight, uh, we'll talk about more of the ups. Okay. Let's talk about this cold open that we saw. So what is considered what we consider canon here is what we saw on the live show. So on the live show, we were given this final close encounter sketch. And this what you know, if you talk about what's uh, gone beyond the typical SNL fandom, I think Kate McKinnon is most known for this Colleen Rafferty character that she's had. It's the seventh final encounter that we got. And, you know, all of the moments between, you know, her describing her her coot coot and prune shoot and all the other uh, <laughs> ways that Kate has said that uh, over the sketches over the years, I mean, 
she just falls into this character so perfectly and has had so much fun with it. And uh, just the moment of her, you know, walking up, you know, being abducted by the aliens and saying, thanks for let me, letting me stay on a while was really emotional and beautiful to see. We haven't seen this character on SNL since 2019, the finale of season 44. So, Nicole, how did it feel to see this cold open open up with Kate McKinnon saying goodbye to us at Saturday Night Live? For me, it was so when I was there in person, I I cried. Um, I really like I. It was so it wasn't the, the cold open, but like the, the fact that it was chosen as the cold open. Ultimately, when I saw that watching on my television, I was so happy because it just encompasses everything that Kate McKinnon is. She has this this character and so many like kooky, unique characters that she's done over the years, and then she also is the queen of cold opens. She's done all these political impressions there. So to put that Colleen Rafferty character into the cold open spot. It's just giving Kate McKinnon the ultimate goodbye and, and, and honoring her in every way that, that we can. And really the reason that I teared up was just the symbolism in the the words that were chosen saying that, you know, sometimes like she feels like an alien. She's referenced that in, in interviews and, and in sketches and when she speaks from as herself in, on the show. Um, and then really what broke me down was when she said, Thanks for for letting me stay a while, and and I felt that so deeply from what you're talking about, John, is how we there is criticism that people stayed on perhaps longer than certain you know audience members and fans had kind of hoped for, you know. But I think like when she said thank you for letting me stay, I was like, no, thank you for giving us so much. And like the second she said that, I just it, it was so impactful because for her to say. Like, I know I've been around a really long time and you've given me so just the audience has given her so much just of their lives. And, and when she said thank you, I was like, wow, it's been like my pleasure as an audience member, as a viewer, as a fan to witness everything that she is. So for her to say all that stuff, it was so emotional and, and in true just Kate fashion, just being so, so funny, so funny and, and, and hopping onto that spaceship. I mean, what a beautiful cold open and and we we've been tracking live from new york and there have been a few cold opens that kate was in and she didn't say live from new york and we have to wonder john and i we talk about this stuff constantly i know that this wasn't the planned cold open but maybe the show was gonna wait so that kate could have her 75th live from new york at the finale and that's what happened and so i just have to wonder if there's some something intentional there um so it was, it was just so perfect and and Wow, beautiful. Yeah, it was really, really nice. TJ, how did you feel about seeing Kate McKinnon send off for the cold open? I mean, I, I thought it was I thought it was really warm. I thought it was very well earned. She's she's a gosh darn queen, is what she is. And it was a rifle late they kind of put her in that front spot. But the thing I love the most is that she gave us I mean, she, you know, she had that also end sketch, uh the 10 to 1, but she made us completely laugh about dong holes and wrong holes and <laughs> pubic hair picking and then it automatically that's why i love comedy so much because you can still like get to moments of sincerity that like like that was what we started our, our that's what we started our sketch with and then we ended with this beautiful emotional moment seeing this absolute queen this icon of snl like be sent off with these like bug-eyed aliens and i'm like this is i i love so much that like we got to still be silly here not that there was not that i'm asking that like oh anything should have been lost but it just i'm like man this is it's like just like a weird transition but i love it it's not even weird it's just it worked and i i just really dug the uh like how we could still go from that absolute like ridiculousness to that full-on sincerity and you could still be in that moment it was very captivating 
For sure. And I love that there was this uh, line she said at one point during the sketch where she's like, ah, what the hell, play the hits. Uh, and I just thought that was so perfect to encapsulate the night a little bit because we knew what we were expecting coming up. Anthony, were you excited to get the seventh edition of the uh, Final Encounter sketch? Absolutely. I like when fan service is done well. This is a character that we enjoy. I don't know how everybody else feels, but I really enjoy moments in the show when uh, you see a cast member uh, doing something so ridiculous and so hilarious that somebody breaks. Um, so I've always looked forward to catching this one whenever they do do this sketch. Um, and like uh, everybody else mentioned, you know, super well-deserved, uh, felt like, you know, a super great moment. And then we get this really tender, you know, like kind of way of landing it out. And I thought that her uh, life in New York was just really, really lovely. So yeah, overall, I, as soon as like, you know, the sketch kind of set up for the cold up at the very top of it, I had a smile on my face. And that didn't leave until the uh, sketch was wrapped. For sure. Uh, Nicole, do you want to tell the listeners what the original cold open was in dress rehearsal, which was intended to be the cold open tonight? Yeah. So what I saw in dress rehearsal was, first of all, it was four people on the stage, very similar fashion to last year's season finale, which was Keenan, AD, Cecily, and Kate. But this year, instead of Keenan, it was Kyle. And the four of them were kind of reflecting on their time. Kyle was making jokes about how like, yeah, I'm, I'm with, with these guys now. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of the, the OGs. And so they were just sort of reflecting and then it, it would pan to the rest of the cast and doing a, kind of all different things. Some people were doing bits that they had supposedly pitched earlier in the season. So Bowen did a Bowen Wilson impression that he had ho you know, hoped to do for the Owen Wilson uh, show. Sarah Sherman did among other things, a kind of jumble of things. She did her Bernie impression, which I was living for. I love, I love her Bernie. And so just a bunch of other things. We had Aristotle doing Angelo in the cold open. So that would have been very interesting to oh. see. Yeah. So oh a ton God. of, a ton of stuff we had. We had wait, wait, you know, you know, it's season 47 when Angelo gets cut. <laughs> yes. It, it really wouldn't have, oh. it, it was probably the most reflective of the season at large for Angelo to appear in and get cut. But um, else, uh, Moffat was Tucker Carlson, and he was doing something like like a Wakanda coverage kind of thing. And then and then Ego was like, Alex, I love you, but no, like stop. And so kind of like breaking the fourth wall like that. That was really funny. Um, and um, yeah, so just a ton, a ton. Those are just the ones I don't want to take the whole time to talk about it. Um, but well, yeah. over the, as we talk about this for the coming weeks and months, I will give all these details. And we can keep talking. But I really liked it. It, it was very long. Um, and and yeah, it was it was super long. And and I left thinking like there's there's no way that they can really include everyone except for for Pete was not in it. And then Colin and Che weren't in it. Oh, this one I want to bring up. Punky was Brittany Griner again, which was cut a few weeks ago. And I'm I'm so this one I'm probably it wasn't my favorite, but I'm probably the most upset that it was cut again because it's something that SNL keeps on almost bringing attention to, and then it's like being not talked about, which right. is ironic because when it was talked about, it was they were like, "This isn't being talked about." If it was somebody else, if it was a, a male athlete, it would be talked about. So. I, I really wish that at some point over the season, Punky's Brittany Griner impression had come through and I'm, I'm sad that it didn't, but I'm, I'm happy that, that she, that she tried again. So that was the cold open, everybody doing different things with those four on the stage. And then they all came together and it, it was, it was really, yeah, it was fun. And I, I kind of wish I'm going to, my, my biggest qualm of the night is that Alex Moffat had his guy who just bought a boat 
that was so unnecessary. It, it was fun. Right, well, let's, let's, let's hold on. Yeah, we'll, we'll hold up. Yeah. Time. So, so that was like, it was a really nice time where so many people got to shine and kind of do a, everybody had a signature moment in there pretty much. And so I, I do wish that we had been able to squeeze it in, but not at the expense of um, having the cold open not be what it was. Cause I, that really for me was the most beautiful option. So I am happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this is one of those occasions where I have to say, like, um, I think that if the, if SNL posted this online, a lot of people wouldn't get it, right? Because it's not like a cut sketch. It's a cut cold open. Clearly, it's intended to be the cold open. So it would be weird for SNL to post it online. Everyone would be like, well, where was this in the show and trying to figure it out? But I think in this particular case, it would be really cool to see this. So maybe down the road, maybe this isn't going to be something that's going to be posted immediately. But maybe at some time over the summer, I would hope that SNL would consider posting something like this because it would be interesting to take a look at for sure. Okay, let's talk about the monologue that we got tonight. So Natasha Leone comes out and she talks about uh, very meta moments where she says, uh, yeah, I also wished it was Harry Styles hosting the finale. So uh, she knew that's exactly what the fans were clamoring for. But uh, we got a lot of talk about um, about Russia and Netflix where she made some jokes about that. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, two former cast members come out, Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph, both very well connected to Natasha Leone, and uh, they talk about how Fred dated uh, Natasha for over seven years, and they're still very good friends. And we also got one of the traditional flashbacks that we've gotten throughout the entire season, where we talk about you know old you know last week you got Selena Gomez with Barney, and we've gotten plenty of times throughout the season. We got to see Natasha Leone uh, on Pee Wee's Playhouse, um, with Pee Wee Herman obviously hosted the show all the way back in 1985. So um, a lot of fun that we had here. TJ, let me head over to you. What were your thoughts on the monologue we got tonight? Well, John, you, when you mentioned flashback, I'm very surprised because I thought you were going to talk about the flashback to the Fabio Pigeon thing that was also oh, featured right. in this, which was the most out there reference. And who is thinking about Fabio at a time like this? Um, but uh, also, like, this is something I usually don't, like, pick up on. But, like, I loved her outfit for her monologue. I thought it was, like, really stylish and looked super fly. Uh, she looked hot as hell. Um, she looked great. Um I so in preparation of this, I put a little bit of uh, the love I have on Natasha Leone into some of the things I watch. I was trying to finish Russian Doll season two, and I uh, I watched that movie she mentioned. But I'm a cheerleader. I, I think I mentioned that on the roundtable, and it is wild. RuPaul plays the a coach of a gay conversion camp, and the kid who voices Zuko from Avatar: The Last Airbender is like one of the gay kids. It's the wildest movie, but like it's just Natasha Leone is just fantastic. I just, uh, I, I I hate that I'm fanboying right now, but I just I, I was I felt very like ready for the show, like seeing her in the cold open and then like seeing her in the monologue. I this is the fan speaking, but like I, I'm I'm already ready for her to come back. Like like she's more than welcome anytime. For sure. This felt like one of those things where you could really solidify that Natasha Leone is clearly friends with so many people that have either worked at SNL or are currently working at SNL. And she just fit in like a glove. Like it was just perfect that she came on on the show. And it's just, just like, hey, let's just bring our friend to host the show. That's really what it felt like tonight. Anthony, how did you feel about the monologue we saw from Natasha Leone? I felt similar, you know, um, we've talked about it in a previous episode before, but I love when the host comes out and you can just tell from jump like, oh, they're ready to play. Like they're having a good time. There's like a really nice vibe set. There's like a nice camaraderie that we're starting to see already. Um, was super surprised to see Fred Arbison pop up. I was familiar with the fact like they dated before, so I was like, all right, you know, this is like a nice like you know, fun moment that we get with them on uh, on stage uh, during the monologue as well. But um, 
Yeah, it's super, super fun. Again, Natasha Leon is so New York. You could listen to her say anything and it just becomes so much more interesting because of the quality of her voice. Yes. Um, no, it, it just really, really sets the tone for the episode. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought Amalama was solid. Yeah, very, very solid. Like we've been getting all season long. Really fun what they've done with the monologues this season. Nicole, what were your thoughts on the monologue tonight? Yeah, I like the monologue a lot. I think it 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 she was talking quickly in the beginning. You might have noticed, and and I think it it was, lo- it was a lot longer in the dress rehearsal, and not because there was so much more to it, but I think she was just probably told to to kind of speed it up a little bit, and, and she did. It was really nice. Um, Fred and Maya actually did a different bit in the in the dress rehearsal. They were like they they basically made a joke of of their they were looking for their food delivery and they were like they were on the stage holding up their phones and they were like where is it it said it was five minutes away five minutes ago and they just walked on they were like natasha if our food comes can you sign for it thanks bye and then they, they <laughs> left so totally different bit <laughs> fully yeah, different that's... bit in dress um but this one i i think was was a little more apt because it was more about Natasha. I, the joke of the other one, obviously, is that it's not about her. And I like that they decided, no, let's let's really earnestly make it about her. So I, I loved it. I love, I mean, everybody here, I think, knows that Maya Rudolph is one of my all-time favorites. So I just, anytime I get to see her, I'm so happy. I really wish that this was not the first time we saw her this season. You know, she won an Emmy for for guesting on the show. And and I, I think, like, that was a missed opportunity. We should have gotten some Kamala Harris. I think Kamala Harris would have benefited from some Maya Rudolph this year. So I would have really liked that. Um, I think, I think, yeah, that would have been nice. But um, I just, I, any any Maya I can get. There was also a cut sketch where the about the cigarettes where Maya and Fred paid played people from, from France. And it was all about cigarettes. And so I, I really wish that we that we got that one but i i hope that the youtube gods will be really nice to us because there's so much gold that that we didn't get that that was rehearsed so i yeah monologue i i just loved it i she looked amazing i love the outfit i love the vibes i just i just loved it yeah i the one absolute i have for this episode the one i was like fred will be there like i that was the one for me i was like that's what i'm expecting to see is that it's the finale it's so big and there are still homies like Fred Armisen is going to be in the building. Um, oh my yeah, gosh. And he was, he the, was kind of oh, like, sorry. it was kind of given away a little bit because uh, in a way, because he was in 30 rock like all week. Like he was there with that as part of Seth Meyers band. He was on Jimmy Fallon last night. Like, yeah, uh, like, you kind of knew he was around the building. This was the first time. Honestly, I don't know if my entire time watching SNL that I kind of, besides maybe the 40th and I, I'm, I don't think anyone's going to agree with me on this, but this was the first time I really wanted I could have done with like an extended episode, maybe like a super, like a two hour episode or something. Thing. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I could have easily, maybe not like watching it live, but like, I would love to see, like, you know, how Hulu sometimes will upload extended cuts of like certain NBC or like Fox shows. Like they used to do extended cuts to parks and rec. Um, this is like one of the first times I was like, I would love to just like see what else you could have like thrown into this episode and just give me the supersized cut. Like I'll absolutely watch it, you know, but I, I don't know. I didn't know if anyone else like kind of thought uh, something similar to that. I definitely did. I definitely was thinking about that, especially with the amount of cut stuff that we had tonight. Like I sort of felt like it was, uh, it could have had an extended episode perhaps maybe for premieres and finales. That's something that should be considered in the future. I don't know. Pete Davidson had a pre-tape that was cut. That's when you know there wasn't enough time because he, this rare moment what? of a Pete, yeah, Pete doing an, an Eminem parody and Eminem, an Eminem cameo was cut. Yeah. I mean, like that's, yeah. that's when you know there was not enough. They forgot about time. Dre parody. Was uh, was cut. Yes. Uh, that's I mean, a pre tape. 
So I mean, I'll pass on Eminem, but like uh, a yeah. peep. Wow, wow. And there was yeah. no joke swap in this, but guy bought a book. Sorry, we can talk about it. We'll get it. We'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> it's my biggest uh, no, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna yeah, no, Nicole, Nicole we is right. Alex Coffin just right. made himself no, nothing against him, but he just accidentally made, turned himself into a villain for that one. Okay, I gotta well, say, wait, we, we it's not his fault. Know. It's not I his fault. Alex is not even the show. Right? No, I support everything this woman just said. Thank you. It's not his fault. He's a villain. Most villains are not villains by their own, you know, it's an accident. All right, let's talk about the PSA. Let's talk about the one that we got here too. Uh, It was, first of all, just gotta say, it takes me back a little bit. Totally love it every time they go from the monologue to a commercial without going to to an SNL commercial, without going to an actual commercial. I think that's always really fun. Uh, This time we had JJ, AD, Keenan, Kyle, and Natasha as stupid people, not people with any illness or issues or anything like that just stupid people and uh talking about how stupid people should be able to vote um and there were some interesting lines in this one anthony how did you feel about the commercial we got to kick off the night the psa i enjoyed it you kind of hit the nail as far as like how i feel i love when it cuts to a commercial but it's so snl um and i also really enjoy a good concept of just like you know something very just flat out in effect like stupid people just want to vote and they want to feel included i forgot who it was who has the line of like my son has a smart girlfriend and it makes me feel intimidated. That was my like, favorite line too. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but like, no, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought that it was fun. I thought that it was cool. And like you said too, uh, jumping from one to the next, you don't, you don't completely know that you're still in the bit until like you realize like those are the actors from SNL. Uh, so no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. For sure. Nicole, how did you feel about the PSA we got? I liked it. It was actually... I think ironically for a sketch about pe- stupid people, I think it was pretty smart because it, of course, SNL has done this over the years of doing a commercial parody and you don't really know where it's going and then it goes into voting, you know? Um, they've done that a few other times and um, the others were a little more controversial, I would say. Um, the, the Trump one comes to mind, but um, I, I thought it was smart because it seemed very like silly and and it wasn't about any serious topic. And then of course it becomes about arguably the most serious topic, you know, like the most control that we all have on issues and on making a difference and stuff is like just going out and voting. And so I I feel like it was a clever way to insert kind of activism in this, in this weird way of saying like anyone can vote. And then they're even making fun of people who are maybe stupid and being stupid relates to having views that are a little questionable. And and it, it just felt kind of like a unifying thing. Like any, anybody can agree that, you know, sometimes people are, are stupid and, and I think stupid people can just kind of claim it and I can be stupid. And, and it, it's like, it, it felt very freeing to just have people be like, I'm stupid. Like using that word in such a, like, you know, reclaiming it. It, it was fun. It was fun. It wasn't like, I'm not going to like remember this one, but it, it was fun. You know, again, I would have rather other things in its place. I, I would have rather the, the Pete pre-tape in this, in its place. Fair enough. TJ, how did you feel about the PSA? Speak for yourself, Nicole. Um, I, Cecily is my favorite cast member. Like, I will not remember this full sketch, sure. But if you would have told me that at some point, the visual of Cecily Strong using one of those electronic voice changers, and then in the same sketch, blowing bubbles in water like kids used to do with chocolate milk in elementary school. (laughs) Bro, like, just... There was just like a lot of this was all like spoken bits, but like the Cecily physical stuff kills me. Just those like two pieces, or honestly, one of my uh, this is like a little dark. One of my favorite jokes of all time is an old Amy Schumer joke about 
cutting, not going to get into that, but it's one of my favorite jokes. And uh, 80 saying, prove that you're not a robot, and then I'm going to cut myself. So dark. Very. But so, like, I, it was like, what? <laughs> like, I did not see that coming at all. So I thought this just, like, played into, like, man, we had so much silliness, except for Alex, in this episode. Um, like, it just, it played right into it. And I thought, like, it, you could have easily done a sketch about stupid people. I mean, it's it's comedy. That's like, so easy. But the political turn, I'm like, oh, like, man, that was that was cool. I, I dug it. So I don't know. I, I was I was feeling it. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, I dug it too. I, I felt like this was pretty good. It wasn't, you know, extraordinary. Like, I don't feel like this is uh, definitely a top pre-tape of the season. I think I just, I loved, you know, getting to see JAJ, you know, be with some of the veterans of the cast. It really solidifies how much he's, you know, developed over the first year and just really just had an incredibly solid season for all the talk about the veterans um, tonight. I mean, the talk has been about the newbies all season long. So really, uh, JAJ and this and uh, getting to see him in the next sketch, we'll talk about in a second, uh, was a lot of fun. So I think uh really really enjoyed uh what we got to see there i got a question for y'all sure so did y'all ever do the whole thing with the chocolate milk in elementary school that like cecily was doing you know you blow oh i'm sorry i still do that are you i still blow bubbles <laughs> with what i drink i'll do it right are now you? i'll meet myself i have this so, this caffeinated things i've been up all day i i'm a child i would do it she had it with with an espresso what came to mind is like an espresso martini imagine I, that is something i would do like okay, okay. I really would. I'll do it right Anthony? now. I'll mute myself and I'm gonna do it now. Enjoy enjoy Anthony, the you ever, idea. Anthony, yeah, you ever hit the bubbles? Okay, okay. John? Um, I don't I don't eat chocolate or drink chocolate milk. So no, you can do it with any you can do it with water, you could do it with tea, you could do it with a smoothie. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, what did you just I say? I just did it. You no, could do bubbles. Just... I said you could What's do it with a tea, a smoothie, a green juice. I just, Let's keep on on John, I, I just did it on mute because, because you know, got to maintain. Thank you. I, I appreciate small, that. The audio appreciates semblance it. of professionalism a little bit. So I, I but I, I really me. did it. I really oh, thought okay. I would not cover it. Let's move on. But I, I everybody blow bubbles in going. honor, in honor of TJ's favorite cast member. Is that, a, you said it is Cecily in honor of Cecily. Blow your bubbles. Okay. Yeah, my fa- my any beverage, Cecily. any beverage, just, just drink up and, and blow your bubbles. Onward. <laughs> Onward. Let's keep going. Listeners. Let's talk about the 50s baseball broadcast. This was a Mikey Streeter and a, a Billy uh, Domino sketch that we got here where uh, not a lot of cast members in this. Natasha, Mikey Day, and J.A.J. And it's really heading back to the 50s to a baseball broadcast where uh, we have Mikey and Natasha who are calling the broadcast and Natasha's character is not feeling well. So she's given a new medical product known as meth. And this happens to just develop into her talking about uh, Marilyn Monroe's bedsheets, uh, Joe DiMaggio, how uh, Babe Ruth was going to eat a kid. Um, and um, there was, it, it got really, uh, really funny. As it, I mean, it was just interesting. Obviously, Natasha talked about her experiences with drugs a little bit. So it was interesting about how she would you know, put that into her writing of the sketch potentially. But Nicole, what were your thoughts on 50s baseball broadcast? Yeah, this was at the end of, of dress. So I honestly, I was surprised that it that it made the cut um, just because it had that really chaotic like end of an episode energy when I saw it. And I was like, oh, this this one probably won't make it, but it's it's like it's a fun effort. And then it made it. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. Um, the, for me, really the most like the, the thing to talk about about this sketch. I love Natasha, but James Austin Johnson's impression of that, like that trope of a you know like a guy doing the commercials back in the day like it was 
so hyper specific and amazing and and like I that was amazing like his his mannerisms everything he was doing was like it just shows like you could have a script and tell somebody to do that and then you could have him do it and it's like worlds away from what you would think somebody would just do with, with that concept it was so spot on and amazing and then Natasha I will say she played a dude I guess twice in the live show but three times in dress she played Michael Rappaport in the ESPN new sketch and I'm so upset that it didn't make it in first take ESPN first take that was my favorite impression that she did because I love following Michael Rappaport and his his shenanigans all around New York City I think he lives really close to me so I I see him walking screaming into his phone and Natasha's at Natasha as Rappaport mentioned it and so um and on all three I should say of the dudes she played looked kind of the same even the one from the 50s Michael Rappaport and the other one they all had kind of the same vibe um, so I'm happy that two of the three made it in. Um, one point I do want to make is like, I think for, for Natasha, she, she mentioned, but I'm a cheerleader and she said, you're welcome for that, for that movie. Um, but I kind of thought that she would address like being a gay icon a little more than she did and having like a very gay fan base. And I think instead of having her like kind of lean into that specifically, they had like, she was just like a guy a lot. Um, which is kind of one, one like tangential way to, to like honor that. But it, it was, I kind of wish that they did a little bit more, more, more range in the, the notion of like her being a gay icon. Um, but it, it, nonetheless, it was, it was fun. And I, it was, it was very funny to, to hear her talk about Marilyn Monroe and, and just, she's just such a like endearing person that I, I think very few hosts could have sold that role and that sketch in just with that like charm and effervescence and like innocence that she did. Of course, it's not innocent, but just having Natasha say it, it, it just, it, it was like this cozy vibe, even though the content was so like not cozy, you know? Yeah, for sure. I agree. Uh, TJ, what do you think of it? Uh, this this is the uh, the sketch. Of, even though this wasn't my favorite sketch of the night by like a long shot, but this is the moment that I was like, man, there's nothing more comfortable to me if like they're watching a performer like Natasha Leone holding a cigarette. Cause I'm just like, it's she's it seems so natural for her. Um, but like I don't even know if she smokes. I'm not even like into smoking like that. But I just I was like, this is so much fun. Um it the fact that she was like like dressed like a, a guy and like the whole mustache thing was made even better for me when we had that second sketch, and I was like, she's just basically playing a very similar person. Um, but Honestly, this sketch caught me off guard at first because um, I don't remember what took place first. I don't know if the line about meth took place first or at some point in the scene very early on, Natasha goes to take off her jacket. And I'm like, did they, is she supposed to be doing that? So I thought, I thought it wasn't part of the sketch at first because I just thought like, I guess maybe they gave her the wrong garment or Natasha's just kind of going rogue and she's taking off her jacket. So I thought that was the case of what was going to like, I thought she was just kind of like doing improvising something. I think she was supposed to like be playing like overheating from the. Uh, no, drug. no, I, I, I got that yeah. thread. What I, like okay. I got that as the sketch went on, but my first bit was like, oh, Natasha, what are you doing? The person dressed dressed you. You're not supposed to do these things. And then sure. I got like, oh, they're like they're telling you before they actually because I don't know if meth came before or after she started to like change her clothes. But uh, the phrase Babe Ruth likes whores and hot dogs is one of my favorite lines from this episode. I mean, that's just, <laughs> just wow. Also, uh, this just goes, uh, for me, Mikey is my favorite, like, underrated cast me- Sorry. He's my favorite underrated cast member. This is just another showcase of, like, he is, unlike the cakes in his show, he is solid. 
like just a fantastic straight man. I really enjoy that. So I had a lot of fun with this. For sure. Anthony, what were your thoughts on 50s baseball broadcast? I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I said it earlier, Natasha Leone's voice sells anything. Like there's just like a certain like quality of it that you cannot recreate that just lends itself really perfectly to her just yelling out random just statements throughout this entire baseball game that just keep, like, continually, like, progressively get crazier and crazier. Um, nah, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it really set her up to, like, you know, really own and kind of, like, you know, drive the entire sketch. Um, I had a lot of fun with this one. And I didn't think that I was going to because at first I was like, where's this going? What's the point of it? But I love when you can't tell where anything's going and it's that ridiculous. Uh, nah, I thought she really held her own throughout. Yeah, and I think there was a couple like subtle things in the sketch that I think really worked. I mean, uh, the line about uh, how do you fit four hookers onto a chair uh, gave me a very <laughs> big laugh. <laughs> very funny. Um, and then, uh, again, JJ as Walt, the sponsor reader, where he was like, no, um, I want to hear this, actually. Um, I think there was just like, there were some nice moments in this. I think this was well written, whether you enjoyed the sketch or not. I feel like the sketch was very well packaged. I've been advocating, I like sketches with less cast members in it. It really lets the even like it lets you see the progression of the cast members let's just you know kind of carry the sketch and here we had two cast members out of 21 mikey and jaj carrying a sketch with the host and it was really fun to get to see that process and it's something that's very rare in modern day snl that sort of goes back to the beginning of the show when you would just see you know like you know danny and john with the host or something like that um so that that was kind of fun for me all right, let's talk about this next sketch we got. So we come back from commercial, and uh, this was a stunner for me because um, I remember the Therese Henderson sketches. Last one we got was in 2018 with Seth Meyers. Uh, he also did one with uh, Martin Freeman and Ryan Gosling. But basically, uh, Keenan Thompson returns as Therese Henderson. Kyle comes back as Brad Dates. Um, we got this all the way back in 2014. So I have to wonder if Kyle had something to do with this coming back onto the show tonight. Uh, that would be an interesting thought experiment. But TJ, how did you feel about Summer Gig? Um, I was a little conflicted with this when I look at it in terms of like the whole show. The sketch itself, it's, it's fine, honestly. I did get a little tripped up and I, I'm a little stupidly. I, for some reason, when they cut to the commercial and they showed like a, a quick clip of this, you see like, uh, was a Bowen and Chloe sitting at a table. And then the, you know, during the commercial, they do that like zoom out thing to show like, Hey, we're prepping for the show. I saw that on the cue card, it said something, everybody. And I let my, I let myself, I'm, this is my own fault. I let myself believe that it was Angelo opening the sketch saying, hello, everybody. Like, I, I know it's like, I, I, I kid you not, I almost texted Manette. It was like, yo, wake up. Like, there's a, like, and I was like, no, no, I'm not going to give her false hope when she sees this in the morning. Like, and I was, and it was my own fault. But like, that aside, Keenan asking for Nasonex for 45 seconds, um, <laughs> like, just kind of like, really just like driving the bit, like, into the ground, like, a lot of this was like silly and very funny. I just, for some reason, in the context of the whole show of like, this is why like it would have worked to have a bigger show. This was more, and I don't mean, I'm not trying to insult the sketch of anyone who liked it, um, but this one was maybe not as essential to that full episode. Also, it ran too damn long. Like it it ran way too long. Um I feel like I would have appreciated it in a piece, but it felt like if I don't know how long it was. Like John, did you it felt like it was like seven minutes long? Um, I don't um, know. I like, could tell you what SNL planned for this sketch. Which sure, please. Was, 
Yeah, called Summer Gig. Uh, five minutes and 20 seconds. So that's okay. the planned time for the sketch. Yeah. Did it feel a little long to anyone else? Like, I just, I don't know. Um, this because this wasn't sketch wasn't bad at all. It's Keenan. Keenan can make anything work. Um, you had, I feel like you had solid players. But something yeah. something about this was just like this was even though it wasn't bad, this was like the energy low point, but not a bad point. Because I don't think the show had a real a bad point, except for a guy who bought a boat. Oh no, so that's the bad point of the show. <laughs> but um this this it just wasn't. I shouldn't be compared. I think it was a fine sketch, um, but I Fair think enough. it messed up the rhythm of the episode a little for me. Okay, Anthony, how did also, you? Also, does anyone it? have nice and next? No, okay, I do not. <laughs> um, it wasn't for me. I'm going to be totally honest. Um, it felt really long. Um, I think that I've even mentioned it before. A lot of the sketches where um, they're predominantly the cast member singing, um, for whatever reason, that's just not for me. So I kind of like you know lean out a little bit. Um, yeah, it just didn't land for me. Uh, Nazanex going on for a good solid 45 at the top and just like, I flex, not really for me, but, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really get a lot out of this one. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Nicole, did you get anything out of this one? Because the first one that they did with Martin Freeman in 2014, I did enjoy a lot. I think that's actually a very underrated episode of the show. It's a really a great episode with Martin Freeman, but, um, this yeah. one, I don't know if it fully hit for me. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I I liked it when like from what I remember years ago. But I I co-sign what TJ and Anthony said. I even and also in dress, I felt the same. That first of all, the set for this one was was huge. It took up a lot of space. Multiple like kind of that first first. I I thought it was going to be something Mar-a-Lago. It kind of looked like that that background. It reminded me of of a, something that they did for Mar-a-Lago Cold Open, um, for I think the Oscar Isaac show when I was there. But I, yeah, it just, it kind of felt, I, I was, I really thought this was going to be cut. I just thought it, it was like, there, there were a lot of like moving parts and it felt like there were, there, there was a lot of focus also on, on timing the, the instruments to the sounds and that I feel like I was taken out of the comedic element a little bit because I was kind of thinking of, oh, they have to be focused on, is this going to match up and, and sync up? And, and so that, that was kind of a, just taking me out of it. And, um, yeah, it just it didn't it didn't do it for me. Um, and I again, there there were other sketches that I that I liked more. I wonder if it was included partially because the set was so massive and and like nice wallpaper and stuff. Um, and then also, not that I doubt this is the reason it was cut, but I think we've started to notice in every episode there are a few funny through lines that just we like weave themselves through. And and the um, the psychic bit was that the one that it that it was um, in. What was it? And when when Chloe said the thing about the psychic, and then Kate yeah. in the cold open, she said she said, "Oh my psychic, everything came true." And so in the in dress, those were flipped. One the other the the Chloe line came, and then the Kate line came. So that was kind of a through line in the episode that people people at eight eight are thinking about about psychics and stuff. So yeah, I I feel like I, I there are other ones. I really wish the cigarette one with Maya and Fred was included in, instead of this one, but you know. It is yeah, it is. that's that's fair. Um, yeah, so so uh, we, we can move on from this one and talk about the pre-tape that came next. And um, you know, I was sort of thinking about last season's show with Annie Taylor Joy. A real big surprise about how excellent that episode was, uh, just based on expectations, and really just came together. And one of the biggest things in last year's uh, episode was a pre-tape called "Picture with Dad," and I really felt like yeah. that kicked off what was a 
excellent, uh, you know, coming up yeah. party for Andrew Dismukes into this season, who just had a wonderful season. And this time for the finale, we do get an Andrew Dismukes voiced over pre-tape where we have the class of 2002 all partying together. And he basically is introducing all of the uh, graduates and what happened to them over the last 20 years. And they all come back to uh, Natasha's character, Rachel, who I guess is a murderer and done crazy sex stuff and uh, just lots of things that we get to hear as they go through uh, the majority of the cast who was in this particular pre-tape. So uh, this was very, very fun. Um, so I, Anthony, let me start with you on this one. What do you think about After High School? I thought this one uh, felt like solid B to me. I didn't, not, I did not enjoy it. I thought it was a solid concept. Like we said earlier, I love a pre-tape that has like, you know, like a very like core thing that they're working through. Um, I just wasn't like laugh out loud funny throughout it. Um, I enjoyed uh, Andrew Dismukes' uh, narration. Um, I love the setup of like, you know, everybody peaked shortly after high school and we're just watching one person after another just have terrible lives that are all tied back to Natasha Leon's character. Um, I thought that it was, I thought it was very well done. Um, it just wasn't the funniest sketch to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, Nicole, what did you think of after high school? I'm so happy, John, that you brought up the picture with dad from last finale. Cause I, I think that was one of the first, you know, the first time that I was like, Oh, dismukes. Like I'm a fan of that guy was his, his first update feature when, when he was like, I'm from Texas. That I mean, <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> like that—that that was the moment for me. <laughs> he was like, "I can't ever just just a Texas." No, it, it was. I mean, that was the moment last last season where I was like, "Okay, this guy needs to stick around." And then the second moment was the picture with Dad. And in 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 all that, he had other moments I liked, but those two were like such standouts. And I it it had a similar kind of feel to it in in a sense, or I I could tell that it was it was Dismukes his sort of tone and it's cool that as he comes into his own on the show, we kind of get a feel for his tone. And I think his humor is a little bit darker than maybe he comes across as he, he comes across as this kind of like jolly, goofy, silly, whatever guy. Um, but everything that he does, it's, it's a lot darker than it seems, which is I think a magic of a, of a cast member when they're more something than they seem. I always talk about how Sarah is a lot more polished than she seems and that's her magic. And I think just Mukes, his kind of equivalent is he's a lot darker. His humor is a lot darker than it seems, but he sells it by, with this kind of goofy, you know, silly kind of energy. So I liked it. Um, then R Rachel, the the Natasha character, her hairstyle and everything reminded me of like Natasha in her earlier roles. Um, it was it felt very nostalgic. I feel like people like I know her from Russian Doll and from. Orange is the New Black, but I also know her from But I'm a Cheerleader, American Pie. Like, I know, I've, I've been a fan of her for so long before I was born. I was, you know, I became a fan of her in my in my childhood of things of before I was born. I wasn't a fan of her before. If my mom was a fan of her, then perhaps you could say Nicole, I was a fan of her. Anyway. Nicole, what are her. you talking about? I'm a fan. So, point is, before you I, were think born. That, I think I'm a fan of her work from before I was born. And I think that... Um, her, the hairstyle, I think that was kind of like a nod. And it, I mean, it was set in 2002. I was born before 2002, a, a few years before that. But it, it still felt, I was, I'm a 90s girl. But it's, um, what? It, it felt kind of nostalgic. Yeah, later. Let her finish her point. Later, 90s girl. Um, it, it felt like the hairstyle, I feel like was kind of not just a nod to like a different time, but it felt like a nod to people who were fans of Natasha 
at different points. Like when I was talking to people like about how, oh, it's Natasha hosting, you know, I feel like there's, there's one group of people who's like, oh yeah, Russian doll and Orange is the New Black. And there's another group of people that's like American Pie, but I'm a cheerleader. And I feel like that latter group, that latter, but you know, former, that first group um, is going to kind of see that sketch with that kind of that hair and that energy that she was giving off and be like, oh yeah, Natasha Leona. I was a huge fan of her, like totally. So it, it felt like it was a smart way to kind of call back a time of Natasha when people who are fans of hers and they don't even know, they don't remember their fans of hers. They'll be like, Oh yeah, I was a huge fan of hers. She's cool. She's great. All right. Uh, TJ, what did you think of after high school? Sorry for interrupting. I, I was just so surprised by the things, Nicole, that you say sometimes. Um, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's how I react well, when I'm plenty I of podcasts yeah. over the summer for you two to argue with each other. So just, <laughs> oh John's just okay. going to set up a live stream where we talk to each other for six hours and nobody 100%. watches. Yeah. We're just going to go back and forth all day. Later, this in July or something. To, this is me just reacting to Hollywood. All right, TJ, what do you like, think of after cooking. high school? This is a, oh, by the way, a Rosebud <laughs> Baker and Streeter Seidel sketch. And I just, oh, I love Rosebud. Yeah. Love her. Oh, she's so funny. Okay, so one thing. Did they just like Dismuke's voiceover in the Beanie Baby sketch a few weeks ago? And they were like, I love that. Let's just build an entire sketch around it. Because that's what like came to my mind first. was like, this was really fun. But I'm like, is this what season 40 is going to be? Is like Dismukes is going to be like taking over like the voiceover roles that Cecily's not going to do? Because um, I thought it was, I don't know, I thought it was like really funny. And I got... Nicole kind of touched on a lot of the pieces. So like, I think the only other angle I can offer is that I got a little distracted during this sketch because this is the first moment that I noticed, like, what a Davidson boy at? Where is, where is he? <laughs> I, I'm seeing a lot of people in this cast show up and I'm like, I, you know, Che and Joe, so I, don't, I don't see them and that's fine. But I'm like, it was every single person except Pete. And I'm like, and that moment, I like, I like, I was writing him off. I was like, wow, disrespect. Like, I don't like tweet except for the, my podcast account and everything. But like, I was like, wow, so, like I'm thinking I'm so disrespectful. He doesn't show up on his last. Like, who HR? Who is the HR manager? For, like, but he this, was there, so we'll talk about that. I know. No, I'm saying my 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 hot take get, in that moment, it, yeah, yeah. taking like, us through his hot take yeah. again. Yeah. Okay, yeah, now. I was like, wow, Pete Davidson is so unprofessional. This is unacceptable. He can't even show up to punch in. Like, um, so my I got even though I enjoyed the sketch and I enjoyed the Rachel Finster because I thought, oh, okay, it's gonna be every person, it'll be one bit a person, you know, and I thought Natasha Young's bit was just gonna be, oh, she slept with someone's dad. But the through line of like this <laughs> week's being murdered by her was wild but i kept getting a little distracted by like all right is pete gonna show up he's gonna be just like some crazy character and i was so surprised that he wasn't even though that's not the point of the sketch but like that's like that was that distracted me a little bit during that piece of the episode well he also yeah. just a, a quick piece he was the only one in addition to colin and che who wasn't in the original cold open everybody had something it was similar style that everyone had their moment except for him so that, that's just a twofold for, for you. Another one to, to, get, to feed the you of 12, 17 p.m. There's, there's that for you. What is like, a.m. Have, 12, 17 a.m. Have, did Kim have the car running and he just like, had to hop in for like a second? <laughs> <laughs> like Kim's time from Italy. Literally. In Italy. The, yeah. In my head, is it just like. Kim? 
right, in well, my head it's just like let's remember my psa let's talk about the nice moments um okay yeah. uh did, i do want to say just a thing about this after high school sketch um i just love that saturday night live is giving opportunities to the younger cast members to really you know go ahead and run these sketches obviously we had the thing with chloe Feynman a few weeks ago um where she was you know doing uh impressions of all the female cast members andrew dismukes really carrying this sketch jj we talked about uh, sarah sherman's obviously had her moment so for the most part most of the younger cast members are getting their opportunities and i think it's what we're going to be seeing over the next few years it's the beginnings of this next era so that'll be fun to talk through as we continue to break down this episode and talk about what's to come in season 48 okay there's a lot to talk about when it came to weekend update but before we get there uh, i do have a very special sponsor for this episode of the podcast so just like jj did uh was walt the sponsor reader in his sketch i will read our sponsor for tonight's episode and if you are wondering how many bikinis the love islanders have to pack before their eight-week stay in the villa or dying to know what was really in Sam Puckett's buttersock on iCarly. Shows and Tell podcast is here to help. Hosts Talia, Reese, and Julia, three college friends turned entertainment industry professionals, take listeners through all their favorite television shows, scripted and reality, old and new, famous and infamous. From keeping up with the Kardashians to Game of Thrones, your hosts get into behind-the-scenes secrets, fun facts, and juicy scandals of all the most iconic productions with lots of fun along the way. Tune in to shows and that's an ampersand tell the podcast that tells you how your favorite show became your favorite show everywhere you get your podcasts. Follow the pod on Instagram at shows and tell pod. Thanks for being a sponsor tonight on the hot take show. Okay, Nicole, let's talk about weekend update tonight, which was uh, pretty <sighs> a lot of craziness. I mean, we start off with a lot of jokes. And then we get to Alex Moffat coming out as guy who just bought a boat. So I get the general impression here that you guys were not so thrilled with this. Um, was there? It was just because well, there was other things in the episode you would have rather seen, or just this on its own. Looking at guy who just bought a boat, was this okay for you? Let me give you context to my. I'll give you as TJ did my, my like twelve twenty one a.m. self a little bit. So so I saw you know in dress I was like. Oh, oh, great. They're, they have, you know, we're going to get three in dress and, and Alex is just doing it. I'm saying this because Miley Cyrus said it. She gave me the okay when she was on Seth Meyers. She said, Pete Davidson always jokes about not showing up to places. And after the 15th time, you have to kind of, there's truth to every joke. So based on what Miley said on Seth Meyers, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Alex Moffat is the, the third one, you know, in case Pete doesn't show up. So he's the backup plan. It's a character that the audience knows really well. I'm sure a lot of these jokes have been hanging around on like it's it's an easy thing to 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 pull up and it's a it's good for it's a good one to practice for him if that's one of his main impressions because it's a lot of wordplay. So it's like, oh great, it's a it's a it's a perfect backup option in case Pete doesn't show up or whatever happens. And in case it's good to have a backup. Um, but then it, so when it, it was the same order in in dress as it was in live, but when I saw it, when I was watching live, I freaked out because I was like, oh my gosh, this probably means that one or both of the other two are, are not going to happen because the odds of three update we've had this season, we've had a lot of updates with one guest or even zero we had. And so I like, I was the, the idea that this season finale, when we have so much to cover, we have former cast cameos. We have a lot of more people leaving than in so many years. Like we have so much ground to cover. The idea that we would have three update segments was just baffling to me. And and I do think my biggest critique of the finale, it's my own, it's my only like strong critique that I will like really, like really go, go hard about is that like it, Alex Moffat, like it just, it was just a waste of 
three minutes. Like there, there was, okay. I, I wanted to see Maya Rudolph in that, in that sketch about, about the Parisians. Like there was so much else to do or, or I wanted to see more, you know, a Kyle something or other, like Kyle, you know, there, there was just so much more that I would have rather seen. I'm happy that it ended up, we did get Pete's and Adian Bowens. Cause of course those were two goodbye features. And if those were cut because of Alex Moffat's appearance and I, that I would have been furious about where I think we all probably would have been upset. Um, so it, it ended up that all three made it and that's fine, but it, it was, it was just so far from the best use of time. There was so much else, so many good sketches that, that deserved the time. And like, he could do that next year if he's going to stick around. He hasn't given us any sense that he's leaving. So why waste, waste of time. It, waste okay. Of but time. he might be leaving. We don't know. So I mean, sure. I just want to give that, give that caveat, but, um, sure. Uh, TJ, Anthony, I mean, I, we, I know we have a lot to talk about when it comes to updating the other sketches. Is there anything else, uh, TJ, that you did want to say about the Alex Moffat thing quickly? Yeah, we're all dancing around this issue. We know what we actually wanted. I think, did Kalina mention it in an episode? Or Rebecca? Somebody mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Look, I got nothing against the guy who bought a boat. Alex is a perfectly fine cast member. The reason that this is unacceptable is I did not get a joke swap this I did not get a joke swap this season. That's true. Why That's true. are we yeah. playing? Who cares about Alex? I did not see. Honestly, one of the things I watch the most on SNL YouTube is I constantly watch those joke swaps. Why aren't we talking? Like, who get? Who cares about anything else that happened? That's what I was looking for. And I get it. You can do what you want. It's your own show. But we didn't have it this year. And it felt like, oh, wow. It felt like my mom when I was 17 telling me I wasn't going to get presents for Christmas. Like, I'll still have a good time. But, like, whew, this is tough. Like, that was probably a little heavier than I meant it to be. But, like, you get what I'm trying to say. I do get it. Yes, for sure. Anthony, did you want to comment at all? Uh, I actually didn't uh, didn't uh, hate a uh, guy who just bought a boat. My issue was that I would have preferred that time go to joke swap. I didn't realize that that wasn't going to happen at the very top of it. And then by the end of it, I was like, wait, that was completely unnecessary. We could have used it for that instead. Uh, But that said, I didn't hate the bit. I just think that time should have definitely been repurposed. For sure. And look, I mean, we don't know anything. We don't know if Alex is going. If he is going, then this certainly would be a good, like, you know, a good send off point for him, but no necessarily indication of that. Um, I was just, I will say the one thing was uh, he got Pusatano by the censors. I don't know how he got that one approved for the show. I thought that was a tightrope that he was walking very, like, more than I've seen any of the other guy who just bought a boat. Um, so uh, I, I do feel like on its own on YouTube, like, this one was kind of fun. Like, maybe if you go back and look at it. But uh, really, uh, Story of the Nights, obviously, we have our next two big goodbyes happening on weekend update and we have for 80 bryant her moment you know she's had 10 years on the show she's there and she comes out with bo and yang somebody who she clearly has like amazing chemistry with and for the third time this season we had it in the willem dafoe episode we had in the jake gyllenhaal episode they come out as the trend forecasters so tj how do you feel about the trend forecasters with 80 bryant coming out um how am i gonna say this i i think for me like i got caught off guard because they did this with Kyle for a second too, like later in the episode, the moment I didn't realize that like it, they were, it was going to be a quick goodbye until I saw Bowen choke up for like a second and squeeze 80's hand. And that got me that, that hit me like right in the heart. And I was like, Oh, I almost, that was for me. The Kate moment was like emotional too, but that was a moment because like you could see it in Bowen's face and the sincerity. And I'm like, Oh wow. You won't like see this again until like 80 comes back to host or something. So like, that for me, that was where I got like hit with like the most emotion um for the episode. Um 
Also, the phrase, uh, the kitchen is closed, is not in. Um, I don't know. There's just, just, again, speaking to, like, this, the silliness, you know, or the idea that, like, Catherine is as a greeting is, uh, is like, is, and I don't know. I thought it was very silly. But, like, just, again, that silliness combined with that, like, emotional, like, like, ooh, oh, you, you got me in the heart there. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Anthony, how do you feel like they did with 80s Goodbye? Um, I really enjoy uh, the trend forecasters. It's one of my favorite bits that have come back. Um, I think that, again, fan service is a good thing when it's done correctly, when it's done in something that like, you know, people actually appreciate and that they want. And I feel like that sketch has not overstayed its welcome this season. Um, so it did feel pretty good to like, you know, have that moment. Um, I think that I've mentioned on multiple episodes previously. Um, I think Bowen's a champ and I just love whenever he gets the opportunity to come out. And I think that he and ADF had some really, really great chemistry this season as well. Um, so for that to be like, you know, her send off during weekend update, it felt very fitting for the season. I wasn't mad at it. Okay. I, I agree. Nicole, how did you feel about this goodbye for AD Bryant? I loved it so much. Um, I also, I loved the Catherine. I have one of my best friends named Catherine and I will be using that. I'm going to, just constantly, I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to just have a video of Bowen in my phone and just text it to her like once a week for, you know, until further notice. So hype about that. Thank you, Bowen, for, for the way I can, I can bother my friend. I'm excited. I just loved it. And I think the reason I loved it the most is, so I, I think a lot of us in a way group, not in a positive or negative way, but group, you know, Kate, Aby, and Cecily in a lot of ways, they all started almost at the same time, Kate a little bit beforehand. And they have just been through so much together. They've been at the show, all of them for a long time. And um, I think that it's not, I, I, I can't, I don't have a clear favorite of the three. I, I really love all three of them, but I think the one who, and Cecily isn't confirmed leaving, so I'm not necessarily throwing her into that sense of it, but the, I, the one who in a, in a sense, I'm the saddest to see go is 80. And that's because I think she has, more than either of the other two, she has really, really blended with the newer era of the cast. And whereas Kate and Cecily continue to do amazing things, um, it is a little bit more kind of what they have always done or, or they're doing their, their new things on their own or political impressions or whatever it is. But I think AD has really done so much good stuff with newer newer cast members and writers. I know Celestia, one of, one of my favorite writers, they have done so much stuff with, with really AD and Bowen. And so... I, I just, the, the moment that I said this was the perfect goodbye for AD was when she had Shay kiss one cheek and Bowen kiss the other cheek, because to me that symbolized like AD being of that kind of older era from where Shay has been there pretty much as long as AD has, and then Bowen representing the new era. And it just, it, it shows that AD, to me, when I think of AD right now, as she leaves the show, I think of someone who was so like, so instrumental for so long and now as she's leaving on her way out the door she has all these new connections and if she were to keep staying like she would have all these fresh kind of connections and new new things to do and so that was just that was just perfect for me it was very just very symbolic yeah i mean you took the words right out of my mouth nicole like uh for me uh i just read this amazing article on sarah sherman in yes. nylon and uh sarah talked about how when she first got to snl the person who walked her around and showed her how to do everything was ad bryant and 
you know, for years we've heard cast members get, you know, they get hired. They don't even know that they're really hired sometimes and they get dropped into 8H. They have no idea what they're doing. Writers sometimes don't even know where to start when it comes to writing sketches. And the fact that you have this veteran cast member be so kind and generous to the, to the new cast and really involve them in projects. It's really like a, a you know, handing, you know, passing the torch type of thing. And I just think that, you know, we talked a lot for a very long time about the pairings of AD and Cecily or AD and Kate and all that stuff. Um, but for me, it is really nice in her, you know, the end of her SNL career to see AD Bryant really work with some of the younger cast members. I totally agree, Nicole. So um, that was really wonderful to see. And of course, we'll be talking a lot more about AD Bryant's SNL career as we go. So next up, uh, we get a cameo appearance from Pete Davidson. That uh, is, I think, <laughs> on the technicality, we might have to, on our screen time, we might have to put him as italics, as we do for cameos, not cast members. For sure, for sure. For the first time, I mean, he wasn't a pre-tape, but first time back in the building since the Willem Dafoe episode, we get Pete Davidson, who has obviously, uh, you know, done a lot in his life. Um, I do remember very vividly the first episode that Pete Davidson appeared on Weekend Update in 2014. And uh, I kept hearing about, oh, this guy was going to be the next Adam Sandler. That was the big comparison at the time, like back in the day. And that, that was really like the talk about him. And obviously, like he developed his own path. He The comparison didn't really work fully for me. But, uh, you know, he it just really... Uh, it's. I, I don't think there's ever been a cast member that I can remember who's just been himself on the show as much as Pete Davidson, just to learn about his life. Like we always ask, especially on this podcast, for meta moments. I mean, Pete was as meta as it gets on the show, uh, for good or for bad. Um, and I, I just to see him like grow up and all the things he's been through in his life was just really fascinating for me to hear him talk about that for so many years. And just uh, nice to it all come for full circle in this episode. So. Uh, Anthony, what were your thoughts on Pete Davidson returning to the show tonight? Um, I was kind of waiting to see if he was actually going to do it or if he was a bail. So the fact that he did show up was pretty dope. Um, you know, I, um, my feelings for Pete. I think that Pete represents uh, so many interesting things that we see both for culture, but also for what it means to be a celebrity. Um, and I think that while... His impact for SNL is definitely going to be debatable, especially with him not as not appearing as often as uh, some people may have wanted him to this season. Um, I still think that it's such an interesting thing that we have this now like global superstar who really kind of came out of SNL and really used that platform to that advantage. Um, and I really love that we got this full circle moment with him of like, you know, sitting down a weekend update, telling stories, talking about his experiences with the show. Um, it felt like the only send off that you were possibly going to get from Pete Davidson would be something in this style felt fitting. Um, I don't know. I'm a huge pop culture junkie and I just appreciate what Pete Davidson has given us in the past couple of years of being both a cast member, but also for like everything that he's done outside of the show as well. Um, so yeah, wishing him the best, but yeah, really, I felt like that was fitting. I felt like that's how he was going to go out. Yeah. For sure. And I think uh, I think the other thing, Nicole, is like I, I do hear from a lot of our podcast listeners, especially the younger ones, uh, the you know, people who just got into SNL over the last eight years. Um, Pete Davidson means a lot to those people. So uh, I, I really, you know, I, for older generations who've been with the show for a very long time, maybe it's like it's a little bit different perspective. But I think for younger people, Pete Davidson is, is a lot of their favorite cast members. Uh, it, it's for them. He's their favorite cast member. So I just think it's really, uh, you know, fun to celebrate him in a way tonight. Nicole, how did you feel about yeah. that? Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I think that Pete Davidson is a lot of pop culture fit junkies you know as, as anthony said favorite person but i think people like us who would consider ourselves like snl people i don't know that i think he he's just he's just the most known 
you know, cast member. And I, I don't know that I, I, I don't know that he's like a lot of people's favorite. I think he's more someone who just people talk about the most. Um, but he, I mean, of course he's a favorite and I, I'm a big fan of his too. Um, but it, it was, it was a funny way to go out. And I, of, co- of course he had to do it on update and he did, as we mentioned, he had the, the Eminem parody with Eminem himself and I actually, I feel like it humbled him a little bit to have that cut. Not that he even paid attention to it. I, I doubt he even, you know, as he himself would, would probably have joked about if he had time, he probably like left the building right after he did his <laughs> um, update piece. Um, so if he even know, knew that it, it would humble him, it, then it would humble him. But I, I think that this was perfect. I'm happy this was his last moment as a cast member rather than having the, the pre-tape. And yeah, it was perfect. I mean, that's what he was known for. He's like, as you said, he's... He, he basically is like a walking meta moment on the show, especially in as he got more famous outside of the show. But honestly, even before he was really famous outside the show, he has always been like maybe the most meta cast member. Everything that he's really done for the show is meta, even before people like cared about, you know, before people really knew who he was. So it was it was good. It was funny in dress. It's just a, a quick thing. Um they, when, when Colin said, I'm going to miss you, Pete, and, and um, Pete said in, in live, he, he said, I, you know, it's on the cue cards, I know. Um, and then Pete in dress, he, he was like, yeah, you know, I wrote that line. For, I wrote that joke for you. I, I know it's on the cue cards. I wrote it. I told you to say I miss you. So that was that was a funny one that kind of against Colin's will. He he had to say on live TV that he was going to miss Pete Davidson. But of course, you know, they're, they're Staten Island uh, kind of homies forever. So it was, it was just a funny moment. So I... Uh, yeah, it was the right way to go out. And, and as, as he said in, in his in his official goodbye that Dave Cyrus posted, um, he, he intends to be back for the next Mulaney musical. So I guess that was Pete Davidson confirming, confirming to us that, that John Mulaney is going to come back yet again and there will be another Mulaney musical. So sure. um, I think some people thought that five would be the cap, but not Pete. Pete thinks we're, we're going to have a sixth. Yeah, for sure. Okay, TJ, how did you feel about Pete's goodbye? Nicole just gave like a lot of information in that piece. Um, I would say like Nicole, um, you, I think you're right that he may not be. Or, or did Anthony say it? one of you said like you know Pete may not be like people's like favorite SNL person, but Pete actually did do one of my favorite SNL pieces, the uh, teacher trial sketches uh, early on. Um, but like I, seeing him like that photo of him when he came on, that was still like early on when I like was still able to watch the show live that so i remember seeing that character seeing like this pete davidson i was like i don't know who this person is and i loved that first appearance so to now track that guy to go from like you know that original like weekend up to pieces i felt like his early stuff was like so strong and i remember loving the teacher trial sketches they used to kill me oh my gosh you i still watch them to say it cracks me up um and then i think he did an update piece where he talked about his mental health struggle. And I felt like there was a shift in who Pete Davidson became. And then he became the man with the best game <laughs> in the world. <laughs> um, like, nice. Yeah, like literally. Like, like the, I have never seen a, com- a comedian soar like that. Like, that's amazing. It Honestly, it, it makes me want to become a sportscaster because that is just, there's amazing data just there. Um, but, like, kind of, like, tracking that person he is. And the crazy thing about it is, even though, I like, I'm saying, like, oh, it's, like, literally, my first note for this is, like, about time he came to work. And even in that moment in the show uh, where I'd mentioned, 
oh, at that before Pete came on, I thought we were going to end with jokes. So I thought this was going to happen. I thought that like, okay, Pete's not in the building. So I was surprised when I saw him because I was like, oh, like he probably like, you know, like I said, Kim had the car running and he's like, you can hop in there for a second, say hi to your friends and then come back here. Um, (laughs) Like that's where like my mind was. But it made me remember like Pete, with the exception of Chad, I, I can't do, I can't deal with Chad, but like Pete is still like solid. He's hilarious. And I've never like doubted that. The reason I think like us as SNL super fans have been upset with like what he's been doing is because we want to see him. And it felt like we just got, we, we, John said it multiple times that last season was his best season. And we just, even though like Pete had things he'd struggle with over the years and that, you know, very understanding and Lauren was very understanding that, you know, this last season, we don't know what went on in his life because it's his, we know some things, but it's his business. And I just felt like we missed out on like, you know, this person who is a great comedian is very funny. I mean, I'd be anyone's favorite, but uh, I just, I wish we could have seen more of him, but it was very nice for him to acknowledge his time on the show. And I thought this was very sincere and very wonderful. And also the line uh, that Colin is the only Kennedy who doesn't drink. Uh, that was my favorite line of, uh, of that little piece there. So I don't know. It, it made me very reflective, you know, this is, you know, very, very somber. And I, I really like. For sure. I mean, uh, I certainly have my qualms with the way Pete handled being at the show this season. Uh, but again, we can review that after the season. I think for now, just want to, you know, he has had a very interesting career on the show and, and we'll talk about that more on the round table. Okay. Let's get into our last couple sketches we had after Weekend Update. Let's start with Mr. Dooley. So this was a sketch that was based on uh, the 9 to 5 sitcom, except they called it 915 to 510. Um, and it was kind of like a Weekend of Bernie's thing going on here, where Mr. Dooley, played by Natasha, uh, ends up being killed by the pairing of uh, Heidi, Ego, and Cecily, who come on in, and I guess Heidi shoots Natasha's character, Mr. Dooley. Uh, they're trying to figure out what to do with him, because all of a sudden, Fred Armisen and Kyle Mooney show up and they want to know about the latest numbers and they end up moving around the office. And um, yeah, this was, and there's a lot of tickling involved. Okay. So uh, Nicole, how did you feel about Mr. Dooley? I, I like this one a lot. And I, well, first of all, just that, that trio, it, you know, if Cecily hasn't confirmed or denied her, if she's going to be around, but that trio kind of got me thinking, okay, that could be the, you know, the, the new, like, vet squad, you know, the, the, the vet girls, um, Ego, Heidi, and Cecily. And then Melissa um, could potentially be part of that as well. But I I liked it. I mean, obviously for me, because I am just obsessed with these, like, random pop culture things. Like, just having Natasha and Fred be in that pre- precarious position was by far my, my favorite part um, when, when he was tickling her. And really, I wish that it had... Um, that they had kind of played with it more with the tickling, like where I thought it was going to go was that, and not, not in a weird way, but you know, they, they have established that they are very, very much on good terms and they're, they're such good friends. So I think that they're clearly like happy to, to, to play around with the fact that they were a couple and they're not anymore. So really where I thought it was going to go was I thought that Fred was going to do CPR on Natasha after the tickling thing. I was like, Oh, maybe it's a, you know, if I, if, if I do mouth to mouth and, and, and Mr. Julie doesn't wake up like for me, that just would have been like the cherry on top. And it's really where I thought it was going. It made me even wonder if it had like it, it been flushed out a little bit and then taken back in, like reeled in a little bit. Um, just cause I, I just feel like Fred and Natasha are of any couple, like they would, or, or you know, any, any former couple, they, they would 
do that kind of thing. So I, I really just liked it. Cause I, I, I think the Natasha Fred dynamic was interesting. Um, a little bit sad that it, it ended up that Fred got a sketch aside from the monologue that Fred got a sketch and, and Maya didn't. Cause again, that a cigarette one I keep bringing up was just really fun. It was Fred and Maya in it, but I wish that Maya got a little bit more than, than the monologue. Cause as, as I've said, in both can you say I'm, I'm just, I'm just a Maya big Maya fan. So uh, that that was that was that was the the big part of it for me. Also, I think it got a little messier in in dress, like the playing around with the the drinks and spilling stuff, and it's it was fun. But um, yeah, this this one this one felt like a fun. Um, it, it felt like oh, this is kind of what the show could feel like in a like a multiverse vibe, like a you know like a here's this potential like vet squad what will become a vet squad of Cecily and Go Heidi, and then here's Natasha and Fred in a precarious position. You know, like it just felt like all these these multiverses of, of the history of SNL and the future of SNL. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> TJ, how did you feel about Mr. Dooley? This was my favorite sketch of the night. Um, for some reason, it also reminded me of Grace and Frankie, but that's because I just started watching that. Uh, I've never seen 9 to 5, though. But um, this, <laughs> the voice Heidi was using um, for that character felt like the um, a little close to her 80s cocaine wife character, which is one of my favorite update pieces of all time. Um, but I, I had this uh it gave me the same fun physical energy of when bill Hader was playing around with the wheelchair in the girlfriend's game night sketch which i also think is a very fine sketch but the physical comedy and poor natasha like there's no way you there's no way you could be tickled by like four castmates on stage on live television and not crack a smile so the idea that it was like mixed with like this weekend at bernie's vibe i was like this is so weird and i loved Every single second of it, it was so goofy. Like the physical comedy of them trying to make the drink. I just like honestly, there was a split second. I feel dumb for this because I'm. I guess I'm a stupid person as well. Um, but like the, I can't set the call up like that. Um, but like the uh, <laughs> when they dropped her on the ground, I'm glad it was a piece of the sketch because I thought they really dropped this woman. <laughs> and I just, it it had me rolling. I had so much trouble taking notes because I was like, I just wanted to focus on this. Uh, I yeah. loved this sketch. Um, I, I sort of agree. Um, we'll get into it in a second. But Anthony, would love to get your thoughts on Mr. Dooley. Um, this sketch was ridiculous. Like, it's so goofy. It's so strange. The the giggle and voice uh, that uh, Heidi Gardner had throughout was hilarious. Um, I also, like I said, I. I know that it's kind of like a weird taboo thing, but I really enjoy when somebody almost breaks just because of how ridiculous the scenario and the situation is. And it's like you're watching Natasha get tickled by multiple people over and over again, trying to hold it together. Um, it's just fun. It was it's a it's it's a super weird sketch um, that goes in so many different directions throughout. But uh, I really really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I actually like this one more than I probably thought I would. Uh, I was watching it and I just, I really enjoyed the physical comedy of them carrying Natasha around the room and stuff like that. And you just have to remember, like, obviously this, having this is happening live in front of a studio audience and just the, the willpower of Natasha to just play it straight in a live setting for me is really fun in, you know, when you're evaluating sketch comedy. So um, simple premise probably, but the execution itself was a lot of fun. And I really felt like, 
like Anthony hit it. I mean, seeing Heidi Gardner try not to break, that was cool for me. So, um, yeah. And, and even this, I'll mention this line from, from Johnny, because I was thinking the same thing. The fact that there was no blood after Natasha was shot was so ridiculous, but that let me buy into the sketch, you know, the world that they were building was so ridiculous. So I think this is a fun, this to me could have been the 10 to one. And I had a lot of fun with it. Okay. We get one more sketch that comes in, and this is an Allison Gates and Celeste Yim sketch where it's called Women's Commercial. And of course, we have your classic pairing of Kate and Adie uh, talking about gray adult pigtails. So we get to see also Chloe, Melissa, Sarah, Heidi, Natasha, and Kyle comes in as Natasha's boyfriend. We also get Michelle's honor from Japanese Breakfast in this sketch as well. TJ, let's finish it off with our talk about women's uh, commercial, the gray pigtails one. Oh, just quick shout out to Japanese Breakfast because I checked out the album over the week. Uh, really enjoyed her. And like uh, for any of my like fellow, for any of my uh, like sad, any sad girls out there, like great music. Um, I, they put her, Spotify, Spotify put her and they put her in like a sad girl playlist. But like I was, I was vibing with it. Um, but the Great Adult Pigtails, um, was this supposed to be like a pseudo way to to give a goodbye to Kyle? Because there's a line in there where they say, um, where they're all kind of gathered around Kyle for like a quick second. And I would like to get the visual of him with the, a beard tail and a ponytail out of my head. But until I pass in that trauma, I was so drawn. Um, there was a, a moment where like Kate says, uh, nine years ago, you came into our lives, something, something. And I was like, it makes sense that Kyle would be the one to get like the least of the goodbyes. I haven't forgiven him for that baby Yoda from a few weeks ago, but I think that was supposed to be the recognition of it. Cause I'm like, he's still a longtime cast member, you know, and he is a heart, like he's a hard worker and he's very funny. So it just, that was where my mind went. Like the gray adult pigtails, like sure it was funny. And it made me think about Grace and Frankie again, for some reason, I just started watching it. Um, but, uh, the line I love how I look how incense smells cracked me up, but it just I got so distracted by the idea that like oh this is Kyle's final appearance. I don't know if anyone else had yeah. that like similar observation. Um, I definitely did. I mean, I think you know obviously Kyle Mooney, a cast member who came in at the time when they brought in a lot of new cast members, Beck Bennett included, and then some who didn't survive that particular season. But Kyle has uh, been known for obviously his pre tapes over the years with Beck Bennett, and it, you know it may have been fun to actually get Beck on the show tonight. Obviously, that didn't happen. But uh, regardless, uh, he was in a lot of sketches tonight, and it was fun to also talk about Kyle Mooney, who apparently will be leaving us as well after this episode. Anthony, what did you think of this final sketch of the night, the pigtail sketch? Um, this one wasn't my favorite, and it wasn't uh, how I expected the show to kind of like land. Um, I thought that it was great that we got to see Kate and AD and Kyle in the sketch together um, with them, like, you know, having announced their departure. But um, outside of, and I did write this line down to TJ, uh, I look how incense Mo. I thought that was really funny. Um, outside of that, it wasn't my favorite sketch. And then I, it's weird. It felt like it was like a longer show already and it was like super packed and super tight for that to be how it wrapped up knowing that, you know, we were, we were losing four cast members after the night, uh, wasn't how I was expecting it to end. Um, and then the sketch just wasn't my favorite. Okay. Nicole, how did you feel about it? Yeah, I think it was chosen over others just because it had so many elements. It had the Michelle cameo, which I liked. It had the Kate and Aidy pairing, which when I saw it, it just made me realize that we have probably gotten it less this season than in really any other season. Um, so I, I feel like they had to go out on, on one more note of, of them 
being a duo. So that felt like a necessity. And then Kyle's small semblance of, of you know, being a goodbye, like a, a, a kind of goodbye, um, I, that felt necessary if we weren't going to get anything more kind of explicit and, and clear than that. Um, so it felt like also the set was really cool. There were some, it was partially green screen and partially real. It was a mix of, of both of those things. So it was, it just felt like it, it, it was the right choice to make, but I don't know that it was the best sketch of all the options to, to cut or to include. Um, it just reminded me of my sister a lot, like the, the vibes. Um, my sister is, is not an old, she, she's, she's a young person. She has but great it, pigtails. It was, she, she doesn't, but spiritually she does in her, her essence is all of them in that, in that sketch. So I, I was very much, it, it was personal on that, in that way. So I, I liked it. I liked it. It felt some of the lines were very well written. I could, again, Celestium is, it was Celestium and Allison Gates who were right. Mainly. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I can, I can recognize both of their voices really well. They're just two, two, two of my favorites. So I, I thought some of the lines were just so specific and, and smart. And I, uh, it's, it's fun. Even, even when I don't, even when a sketch isn't my favorite, it's, it's fun to be like, Oh, that's just a really well written line. And, and that was more my experience with this one was there were just a lot of really good, like just smart writing in here. Yeah, for me, this wasn't my favorite. Um, but I do feel like there was moments and obviously I was watching out for Kyle. So really, I was taken out of the sketch a little bit and trying to see what they were going to do to wrap up the night. Um, there was two other things that they planned for the, you know, to finish off the nights that were not cut at dress that were simply cut for time. And the first is this forgot about Lauren sketch, which I believe just popped up on YouTube, if I understand correctly from the it's chat. On Instagram, but not yet on YouTube. Okay, so it should be coming up, and this is a, a Pete Davidson and Eminem uh, pre-tape, so uh, this will be fun to take a look at. Uh, that was something that was going to play in the show. There was also this cigarette show, um, which uh, Nicole referenced a lot during this podcast. This had Maya Rudolph in it, so um, th that is something obviously would love if that popped up at a certain point. Uh, there was the rethings cut address, the out of ideas cold open, which Nicole descri described earlier. There was also an ESPN first take uh, sketch that we, you know Nicole talked about, which uh, obviously is uh, Stephen A. Smith and um, Molly Karam. And then we also had Michael Rappaport. So uh, lots of fun over there. Too bad we didn't get that. Um, okay. Nicole, anything from that one or from the other yeah. sketch that we didn't get, which I don't think you talked about, which is a graduation party sketch that featured Natasha, Mikey, Chloe, Heidi, Chris, and Andrew. Yeah. Oh, that one? Anything else I from that one? I remember that one. one. The graduation party, was that just the, the pre-tape? Uh, you have a, that there's a, there is a sketch called graduation party. Perhaps it never played in dress rehearsal, but, um, I'll, I'll refer, I'm, I'm, unless I'm going crazy, I only remember the graduation party pre-tape. Um, but I have, I have more, more tidbits for people to enjoy about all of the sketches. So the, the cold open, just another one, I listed off a million random things. And yes, when I listed that off earlier in the show, that was all the same sketch. Another thing was Kate did a little kind of joke at herself um, on the piano, kind of referencing when, when she did the Hallelujah bit as Hillary Clinton six years ago now, five and a half years ago. And it was just kind of like a, a joke with the audience. Um, it was just it was just like quick and, and fun. And um, it just was an another way that I felt really connected to Kate as, as she departed the show, like kind of her knowing, you know, she's like it just it felt personal, I think, for anybody who's been a fan of the show. So that was a big moment. Uh, the ESPN was... So funny. So so Natasha Leone and Michael Rappaport are longtime friends. Natasha like slept on like like gave, he Michael Rappaport gave Natasha an apartment like 15 years ago and was like they they just have this like really rich history. They're both like 
diehard New Yorkers and and I am also a diehard New Yorker. So it's just like, I love that she did an impression of him. It's like, it was amazing and so funny. And um, maybe it was a little bit niche. Um, I think that his ego would have exploded and just burst into the air if, if he were um, impersonated on SNL. So maybe he didn't need that ego boost because um, he, I think he just would have enjoyed it a whole lot, but I, I love him and Natasha did a great job. Chris Red with the Stephen A. Smith was as good as ever. So funny. Uh, uh, Alice yeah. did mention in the chat, uh, pool, a pool sketch with the deodorant. So I don't know if that's. Uh, oh yeah. The pool sketch with the deodorant was, yeah. That so, was must be so, the graduation party one. Yeah. Yes. Which was, it, it was, I guess a graduation party, but misleading title. Cause it was, it was basically like two, so, so Dismukes and Heidi played this couple and they, they were like sponsored by a gross, like all natural deodorant company. And then like Natasha was their niece and they like Natasha and her friends were all hanging out like downstairs at the pool table and, and Heidi and just, and Dismukes had their like pits out and they're like, it's great. It's great. It's great. And, and it, it was that one. I, I was, it was pretty clear that it wasn't going to go, go on, but they were, it, it was fun. They were having fun with it. Okay. Cool. So uh, we will talk more about everything from this episode throughout the week, but let's talk about our ratings for tonight. Chat, as always, I ask you to put your ratings out of 10. Let's talk about this individual episode as a whole. Ratings out of 10. Nicole, I'll start with you. How, what would you rate the evening? Um, I mean, it was amazing. I cried and I laughed and I smiled and I will continue to do all those things in relation to this night and this episode. So, I mean... 9.07 for me. Why? Why? <laughs> okay, very specific. TJ, wow. are you going to get as specific? No, because Nicole is extra. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do an 8.5. It was um, really sweet, really emotional, really tender, high energy, fantastic host, great musical Amazing guest. Amazing host. I mean, yes. yes. Okay, thank Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, we're saying the same thing. Um, <laughs> I thought I was one that's supposed to interrupt people. Um, but uh shoot i lost my thread uh fantastic host amazing musical guest the cast was solid they were like at their a game we also got nice little touching moments we this 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 episode meant something like we had that additional like impact and so um actually i'll even go higher i'll go like eight point like seven five or whatever you know it was a great episode and i'm gonna rewatch it Nine. Okay. nine. It's a nine. It's a damn good it's episode. It's a nine. Wow. Yes. That's where TJ's going. Anthony, where are you going to go that high? Um, I'm, going, I'm going seven. I'm going solid seven. I thought uh, Natasha was a great host. I thought that there were a couple of really great moments. Um, I thought that the cold open was great. Um, but overall, it wasn't... I don't know. It just didn't really blow it out of the park for me. Yeah, I think Natasha was a fantastic host. I think that the cast member goodbyes were certainly the storylines of the night. As far as an actual episode of Saturday Night Live, I don't know that this was you know, necessarily in my top five of the season, probably. So I'd probably go somewhere, maybe like a seven out of 10, something like that overall. Um, but obviously, like the moments that we had with the goodbyes, I think it's somewhere for me, if I had to make a connection between other major goodbye episodes, like this was less Mick Jagger, Kristen Wiig, and this was more like uh, Dwayne Johnson saying goodbye to like Bobby and Vanessa a few years ago, where they had like the individual moments. He had a drunk uncle on Weekend Update to say goodbye and a Don Lazarus for Vanessa. And I sort of feel that that's what this was tonight it was really just they had their moments for the 
the goodbyes, I mean, say for Kyle in a way, but uh, you know, that's what we're going to take away is, is this is really the beginning of the end of a very long era of the show that, and looking towards the future. So I think this is a pivot episode and one that we will be referencing for a very long time. So uh, very touched that I get to uh, break it down with all of you tonight. Okay, let's talk about what's coming up this week on the SNL Network. And I hope if you enjoy these hot take shows, you'll join us for our other shows we have happening this week. We have a jam-packed schedule on the podcast coming up on Monday night. I will be back here Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern with Bill Kenny, Sammy Kay, and Victoria Franzo to break down this episode, talk through all the sketches we liked and what it means in terms of the history of the show we will talk about the uh the macro of this episode the natasha leone and japanese breakfast season 47 season finale on wednesday night we'll be back with our patron feedback show and this will be a very special patron feedback show where i will be here with andrew haskell we'll get to get his thoughts on the finale and we will invite all of our patrons to call in for multiple uh segments throughout the show where we're going to bring in and answer your questions so if you want to get your questions in for our final patron feedback show of the season send those in on tuesday to get them in for the show on wednesday on thursday we have a very fun short show that we will be doing at 7 p.m eastern i will be live with jamie dew from the snl hall of fame to reveal who got into the snl hall of fame it's not too late to vote go ahead and vote for the snl hall of fame to see who gets in we have some awesome candidates we did break them down on a recent episode that is available on our youtube channel so uh, we will find out who gets in on thursday evening and then the following monday may 30th we will be back for our postseason roundtable with some really fun guests to talk about the entire season as a whole talk about what moments were so important from the season maybe hand out some awards in terms of best pre-tapes best sketches all that stuff Join us on May 30th for that roundtable. And of course, we have a ton of coverage happening this summer, which we will tell you all about as we keep going through the weeks to come. Okay. I just want to say, before I get into the panelists, I just want to say thank you so much to all of our listeners who stayed up late with us every single Saturday night. I was not sure that I would be doing this. Last year, we did this once a month. This year, we decided to do it for every single show. And I could not do this without you know all of our wonderful podcasters who join me on all these shows and all of our listeners and people who join me in the chat. You really just kept me going every single week, getting to talk to you about the shows every single week. So I just want to thank you so much for staying up late with us and supporting everything we're doing here at the SNL Network. We are a community-based podcast, and we love getting to have fun with all of you in the community. So just a big thank you to all of you. Nicole, where can the listeners reach out to you? <laughs> yes, I just want to co-sign that thank you. Um, this has been a really fun year of everything we're doing. It's just like everybody in the chat or on social media or just DMing any anywhere you're interacting with, with any of us, all of us like our podcast or everybody in this SNL network community, like it just means the world. And it's, it just makes, it makes the show so much more fun that we all get to kind of enjoy it together like this. So thank you everybody. Um, and thank you, John, for, for doing this. I, um, it's just, it's just every, everything. It's just so much fun. I'm, I'm just, I'm just grateful and happy. Um, you could find me at Nicole Rovine on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Yeah, I go through waves with all of them, but I'm, I'm pretty active everywhere. Um, and then, of course, on social media, John mentioned we're going to have a lot of coverage on the SNL Network, a lot of podcasts all summer long, so don't go anywhere. Same goes with social media. We have a lot of really fun stuff planned, so stick around. Also, let us know what you want to see. Like, DM the podcast account, DM me personally. Like, just let us know what you want to see because 
we just want to keep on doing fun stuff and we have a lot planned and also we're all ears at the same time. So thank you all for, for listening. This has been fun. hundred percent. And Nicole doesn't want to toot her own horn, but I will say Nicole works tirelessly so hard on all the social media work uh, that we do here at the SNL network all year long. So really uh, if you're enjoying what you're seeing on social media, make sure to let Nicole know because she works very, very hard on all of that. That's so, very nice uh, of you. Okay, and also shout out to everybody who went, when John and I posted a TikTok together, everybody who was like, oh my gosh, Inception, or oh my, it was just, it was, I mean, just so many people just like messaged us the funniest things so that when we met in person and, and we did that TikTok, it was fun. So thank you everybody for even that, just, just that stuff, just finding that funny makes us very happy. And thank you, John. Of course. Yes, of course. Uh, TJ, thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to keep talking to you. Uh, as always, I, it's really uh, kind of like your second season on the show with us. So it's just been really great to get your thoughts all season long. So I appreciate you, buddy. And where can the listeners reach out to you and find everything you are doing? Well, I, I just wanted to like, you know, echo a little bit of thanks as well. It's actually almost a year ago uh, today, I got to be a part of the roundtable for the uh, Anya Taylor joining the Lil Nas X episode only because I pleaded with John and the, you know, it was a last minute change and I really wanted to do Lil Nas X uh, that episode. Um, but I've been, you know, a, a part of this team and I've, I've gotten a chance to connect with some fantastic people. I've gotten a chance to have a lot of fun. I'm, shockingly, you guys let me come on here and interrupt people and fight and also have really, you meet really fun collaborators like Nicole or Amanda Mitchell, Andrew Dick, um, lots of wonderful people. Um, so I'm just really thankful for this experience. I have a lot of fun. You've turned this thing I love that it's been this very solitary thing, me watching SNL into something that has become community-based and you've added a love to it. And um, like uh, you've added this like substance to something that I didn't expect that was very like for myself that I uh, truly I'm appreciative of, and I'm glad to do every single time. Why do you think I'm, I, this is a new tie. I didn't buy it. For, I didn't buy it for this, but I haven't worn this tie yet, but like, just, just know, like I, I, I enjoy this. And thank I, you I for losing your tie virginity with us tonight. <laughs> Jesus so. Christ. Uh, I, I will it. never forgive the things that John does with words, but I will happily work with him anytime. But if you want to learn about, if you want to hear about like me working with John and even Nicole again, John and Nicole have joined me for my podcast. I have a 15-minute podcast. It's for 15-ish minutes podcast called Rabbit Trail, where we talk about anything. Really, it's a podcast that's better suited. Are you on a quick drive? Do you need something to binge a little bit? Come on over. We'll talk about anything. Uh, last week, we talked about air fryers. And this week, coming up on Monday, we're doing an episode about rejection. Uh, I really enjoy kind of the more heavier topics. You know, how do you deal with rejection? I think everyone deals with this. So this is a really fun episode to get into. Uh, you can find my podcast, Rabbit Trail. That's R-A-B-I-D. You can find at We Are Rabbit Trail on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter. Oh, my gosh. And you can find me at King Compliment on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow me if you like seeing a brother post a bunch of like uh, food pictures. That's, that's pretty much what I do on Instagram. Uh, but uh, again, guys, thank you for uh, allowing me to, to, to give time and for your time to, to do this. It's really been a wonderful year. Of course, of course. Thrilled to have you on. And uh, just really, Anthony, when I reached out to people uh, last summer to some new people to join the pod, uh, like I said, you're one of my favorite people I get to talk to about the show. So really appreciate you coming on with us for the finale. It was fun to break it down with you. Please tell the listeners where they can reach out to you. Uh, IG Eric Conway is the best way to uh, reach out to me. John, thanks for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure. And it's been a really fun season to break down with you. So yeah, thank you for giving me a shot. 
For sure, for sure, man. I look forward to having many more talks about SNL with you. If you want to find me, you can find me at Josh Schneider24 on any social platform. Of course, you know where to find the SNL network on all of the social platforms, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Those subscriptions really help people find the show, especially during the summertime. So I would appreciate you giving us that subscribe. Um, So for everybody, for Nicole, TJ, and Anthony Conway joining us on this Saturday night, and all the people who stayed up late, in the chat we hope you enjoyed the season finale of season 47 we have so much more to break down here on the snl network but for now we will see you next time everybody have a good one